You're listening to the CCF Saturday Night Service Podcast. To connect with us, you may chat us at m.me slash elevatemain. We hope you enjoy today's talk. After 4 months and 15 chapters, patapos na po ang 1 Corinthians. Why don't we praise our God? I hope you've been learning a lot in the book of 1 Corinthians, the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. And as we close this entire letter, I hope na as we listen to this message, we will realize that this is not just about our lives making a difference in this world, but the church as a whole. Kaya nga, we need to make our church count a church that makes a difference in this world. But before we proceed any further, let's look at the summary of what we have been learning. If you haven't uh, seen the other messages, I highly encourage you, you watch that from chapter 1 until chapter 15. But basically, this is the summary. The reason why Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, there, was, there were issues in the church of Corinth. For example, the issue of unity. And that's why we had topics about how do you resolve conflicts? How do you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because it's impossible to resolve conflicts on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can do that. Are you still having conflicts with one another in your family? Can you look at your seatmate? Nagawa pa kayo? Of course, right? We still experience that. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can look at these chapters, chapters 1, 2, 3, and 6, to learn about that. That's what Paul was trying to deal with in these chapters. And he also he talked about spiritual growth. We need to grow in the Lord. We need to choose God's wisdom when we relate with other people. We need to serve Christ because serving means also that we're growing in the Lord. We need to discipline our body. If we want to improve as an athlete, you're going to discipline your body. And if you want to improve as a follower of Christ, we also need to discipline our body. And we need to honor God with our body. And you can find that in these chapters. And then there's an issue also of genuine love. How do you really love one another in the body of Christ? Because sad to say, even though the people here call themselves Christians, they don't know how to properly love one another. That's why Paul talked about pure love. There was a problem of purity in the church of Corinth. They need to surrender their rights. They need to define love based on God's standards, not based on their standards. And they need to build up one another in the way they, that they use their spiritual gifts. It's not for them. You remember that? Chapter 14. It's for the body of Christ. And then there's also an issue of proper worship. How do you orderly worship God? It's not just, okay, I go to church, I worship based on how I want to worship God. No, there's an orderly worship in the Old Testament. There's a way that properly worships God. And even in the New Testament, that's why we talked about living for God's glory. We talked about orderly worship. We talked about the proper use of our spiritual gifts. And finally, the series on making your life count, we talked about the resurrection. Ang galing, no? First Corinthians. It ended before chapter 16. He highlighted nung patapos na yung letter, chapter 15, pointing it back kanino? Kay Jesus, sa resurrection. Because of the resurrection, we learned the importance of the gospel. Because there were some people in the church of Corinth telling others na, no, there's no resurrection of the dead. And Paul is saying, there is resurrection of the dead. And then, we, are, we learned that because of the resurrection, we live for? Saan? Eternity. So you can look at that in this chapter, in chapter 15. But how do we apply this now as a church? Because this issue is not just an individual issue, but this letter is shared to the entire church so that the entire church will make a difference in their city and in this world. And this is also God's message to us. God wants our church CCF, all the Bible-believing churches, all those who believe in Jesus Christ, He wants this church, His body, to make a difference in this world. How do we do that? Let's look at John chapter 17 because this is Jesus' prayer. We started off with this verse in chapter 1 and we're going to mention this again. Let's read this together. One, two, three, go. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, meaning to say the disciples, but for those who... Believe in me through their word, that they may be one. That's what the church should be. 
and that even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be in us so that, and here's the result, the world will know or believe that you sent me. If the church will follow the principles that Paul is sharing in 1 Corinthians 16, it's gonna fulfill the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17. You know, individually, we can make a difference. Definitely. Your own life, you can make a difference. But corporately, as a church, what can we do? We can change the world. Look at this guy. I believe you know Henry Ford. When his company became successful, he has one of the most successful car companies in the world up to today. This is what he said. Coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. Because it's so difficult to keep everybody together to do the mission. And working together is success. In fact, when his company started becoming successful, he didn't attribute it on himself alone. Now, I'm wise, I'm very strategic, I'm good in leadership. No, he told the people it's because of the team. It's because of those who are in the manufacturing side. It's because of those who are in the sales team side. Everybody contributed to the success of this company, of this business. And if that can happen in businesses like Coca-Cola, like Ford, like big-name companies, it can also happen to His church. In fact, it's not dependent on us, the success of the church. It's really dependent on God. But God wants us to be together. That's why our message today, very simple, together, let's abound in God's work. So tell your seatmate, one, two, three, go. Together. So I pray that we will be together. Sama-sama tayo in doing the work of God. Because sad to say, a lot of people, they just attend church, but they're not really part of the church, of the community of God. They attend because they love the aircon, or they love the free snacks, or they love many things in the church, or they like someone in the church, but not because they want to abound in God's work. Why do we need to abound in God's work? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, because this, these are the verses before chapter 16. Look at what Paul said. He said, thanks be to God because of the resurrection who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of the resurrection, you and I are victorious. In fact, panalo tayo. That's what it means. If you're in Christ, panalo ka because of the resurrection. You don't have anything to be afraid of because when you die, you go to heaven. There's a resurrection. So, look at verse 58. Let's read verse 58. Therefore, di ba? Pag may therefore, it pertains to the verses before that. Therefore, because of the resurrection, because you have victory, ano dapat natin gawin? My beloved brethren, be steadfast. In other words, Matibay, immovable, committed ka, stay focused on God's work for your life. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. May trabaho tayo in the kingdom of God. Some people kasi are there thinking, once they're saved, I'm just gonna relax, I'm just gonna lie down. No, we are created to do something. Pansinin mo, if, you don't, if you're not doing anything and you're lazy, Mas nakakapagod. Have you ever experienced that? You're not doing anything. Siguro several min hours na lazy ka, okay. Subukan mo maging lazy for 10 days. Parang mas pagod ka. Diba? Why is it like that? Because God created us to do something and specifically to abound in His work. And look at the result if we abound in the work of God. Knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. You know, the work of God for us is the only kind of work that in the end, you'll be able to say, my labor is not in vain. Pansinimo, a lot of people, a lot of us, we work really hard for a company. We work really, I'm not saying you stop working for your company or for your business, huh? but if you work only for that, after several years, years you will feel like, parang may kulang. Why is it like that? Because God has created us to abound in His work. Look at this statement. God's work for us, ano may work ni God? Is to accomplish His mission here on earth. What's His mission? Most of us are very familiar with this. Let's read this together. Matthew 28. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is God's mission for you. So tell your seatmate, my mission ka. Go, sa mo. 
You have a mission here. You're not just supposed to be an attendee of this church. You are to abound in His work, in your business, in your company, wherever you are. And those joining us online, wherever you are in this part of the world, God place you there to do His work. Not just to earn money for yourself, but to do His work. Now, how do we abound in God's work? And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do you abound in God's work? Because chapter 16 talks about specifically how the church is contributing to this work, the work of God. Two things. We abound in God's work and by giving abundantly and by loving abundantly. So give abundantly and love abundantly. Why are these things very important? Because the early church practiced this. In fact, this is the only time in the entire... Uh, uh, actually, there's another chapter in chapter 9 where he mentioned giving to the people who are working in the church. But this is one of those times in chapter 16 where Paul said, we need to give to the body of Christ for the work of the Lord. So give abundantly. Let's look at chapter 16 and let's look at our chapter today. In verse 1, let's read this together. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the church of Galatia, so do you also. So guess what's happening here? It's a practice for them in the early church. Not just in Corinth, but also in Galatia, also in Ephesus, in Thessalonica, they collect for what purpose? For the saints. Look at the next verse. On the first day, so they have the pattern. The first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save. It's purposeful. They are all aware that I'm going to save money so that I can give for the work of the Lord. And then what's the next one? As he may prosper, meaning to say, on how God has prospered you, that's the amount that you give also to the body of Christ. And then afterwards, he says, so that no collections be made when I come. Meaning to say, you don't need to wait for me. If the collections are there, you can gather it together and then you can send it to the Jerusalem where the central church is. So they have a central church. That's what's happening in the early church. Actually, this started even in the book of Acts. Look at the book of Acts. Let's read Acts chapter 2, 44 to 45. And all those who had believed were together, and all things ha they, all ha they had all things in? Ang galing, no? So kung lahat naka-iPhone 15, ay kung merong iPhone 15 yung isa, lahat naka-iPhone 15. Hindi naman siguro ganun, okay? I don't think na, ay, iPhone 14 ka lang, sige, bigay ko yung akin. I'm not saying ganun sila. But I believe they were supporting one another. That's the early church. And look at the next one. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with? Grabe, no? Imagine if we're like that in today's context. That's what the church is. But I believe that we have our own way of doing that in our church. But that's how they practice it. Until the book of Corinthians and even in Galatians, they have been practicing supporting one another. And then because the church grew, they needed accountability. How do I know? Look at the next verse. When I arrive, so dadating si Paul sa Corinth, whomever you may approve, I will send them with letters to carry your gift to Jerusalem. They needed accountability. The church is growing. Somebody has to do the collection who is a trustworthy person and send them kanino? Sa Jerusalem. Because the Jerusalem leader, si Peter is there. James is there. They will decide how the money will be used for the entire body of Christ. That's the purpose of the collection. And if it is fitting for me to go also, they will go with me. Meaning to say, I can guard this money when you deliver it to Jerusalem. Look at the accountability. You know what I appreciate about CCF? We have, we have great accountability. We are being audited by one of the best auditor, audit, auditing firm in the, in the country because we want accountability. A lot of churches, because of lack of accountability, they lose money. And that's not good stewardship. God wants us to be good stewards of His money. Why? Where does God use this money? For His work. What does that mean? Look at this. Why we give to the church? Three reasons. In the New Testament, and even in the Old Testament, ha, why do we give to the church? Number one, to accomplish the? The Great Commission. You need money to accomplish the Great Commission. Definitely, God can, you, can use anything to accomplish His mission. But He wants the church to be part of that. 
to accomplish the Great Commission. Acts 1 verse 8. 1 Corinthians 9, do whatever it takes to accomplish God's mission so that we're aware. I'm showing these things to us so that we're aware. Because sometimes we watch things on, on YouTube or we hear people na, ah, gonna magbigay sa church. They're just, you know, minamanipulate lang kayo. No, it's for God's work. There's proper accountability. There's stewardship. It honors the Lord. Look at the next one. Help those in need. In Acts chapter 4, the widows. In Acts chapter 6, those who are poor. Galatians chapter 2, those who are poor. In the church and outside the church. That's why in our ministry, we have tulong tayo. We give to that. In our ministry, we have uplift to those who are, you know, they haven't graduated from high school or college. We want to spend money for that. And not just that, we also spend money to send people, missionaries, pastors, church workers, 1 Timothy chapter 5, 17 to 18. 1 Corinthians 9, 11. Acts chapter 13. God wants us to support the body of Christ for the furtherance of His work. Kaya nga meron tayo nung support our campus missionaries. Who are the campus missionaries here? Nandito ba kayo? Parang ayaw nyo masupport kayo ha? Okay. This is what we're doing. You're not the one going to the campus. We're sending others to go to the campus. And they need the support. Because they do it on a daily basis. That's their day job. That's their actually afternoon job because they go to the campus after the school. They visit the students. They minister to them even on a weekend. That's why we have campus missionaries. It's just like sending missionaries abroad. We support the missionaries going to, to different countries in this world. But we also support missionaries going to the campuses. And look at the impact of giving. There's also a personal impact. It's for the Lord, for His work, but also there's a personal impact. You know the personal impact of giving? This is the personal impact. We honor God when we do it. We honor God. We learn stewardship when we give. A lot of times, the reason why people are distracted from serving the Lord is because they love money more than God. So God instituted tithing, offering, he gave it to the Israelites to tell them that, hey, that money is not yours. God gave that to you. You are to be good stewards with it. That's why we learn stewardship when we give. It protects us from materialism. Imagine if, you, if you're not aware that the money comes from the Lord. You're just going to use it for yourself. It protects you from materialism. It blesses us. And then our faith grows because sometimes we don't want to give, but then, you know, God impressed in our hearts, oh, magbigay ka. So you're starting to give to the Lord and sometimes it's hard. You know what I realize about giving? Giving is an act of worship because it shows who our God is. Sometimes the usage of money shows what's really important to us. So can you ask your seatmate, how are you using your money? Palibri nga mamaya. Okay. How are you using your money? Because important It's very important that we know the money that you have, the money that we have, it came from the Lord. And God can take that away. We need to be good stewards of God's money. And that's why this is what he said in chapter 16. There's a collection. He's going to give it for the work of the Lord. Now, some people argue, is Paul talking about tithing here or is Paul talking about offering? So what's the difference? Some of you may don't, don't know the difference between tithing and offering, but some of you, you know, and you've heard messages na, you know, tithing is just for the Israelites, it's not really for non-Israelites, not Jewish people, but let's look at the difference. Tithing is from the word tithe, 10%. It was instituted to the Israelites during the Old Testament in Exodus and Leviticus. So God told the Israelites, you have to give your 10%. It was a practice for them. It's giving 10% of everything we earned or grew, their produce for the Lord, His people, and His work. And again, some people say that this is applicable only for the Israelites. Now, offering is freely given over and above tithing for the Lord, His work, and His people. We're not going to debate if 1 Corinthians 16 is about tithing and offering. You know why? Because the purpose is the same. What's the purpose of tithing? For the Lord, for His people, and work. What's the purpose of offering? For the Lord, people, and... Oh, pareho lang eh. 
Why do you need to debate? It accomplishes the same thing. It honors God. It protects you from materialism. It blesses other people. And it blesses you as well. In CCF, we still practice tithing because we believe there's no clear verse in the Bible that says tithing has stopped. And it's the same principle. We honor God when we do this. In fact, giving, whether through tithe or offering, is a natural response of someone who is a recipient of God's amazing grace. It's a natural response. For example, I remember, I think for some of you, when you got promoted at work, or ako nung napromote ako sa work before, or natanggap ako sa new job, diba there's that, that parang, parang, impression or burden in your heart naman libre. Have you ever experienced that? Na-promote ka or sinagot ka ng girl na gusto mo. Tapos parang, hey bro, let's, let's go out. Bakit? Libre ko kayo. Because it's a happy day. Why would you do that? Kasi you want to honor those people who help you. Who help you become successful in your business. Gusto mo silang i-treat. Diba? So we have that all over the world. That's like a, a culture of human beings. Now if something good happens, manilibre ako. So, sabi mo, sabi mo, manlibre ka naman mamaya. Okay? So, di ba, that's a, that's a cultural thing. Right? What more? Listen to me, listen to me here. You're a recipient of God's grace. You were lost before and now you're found. You are saved from your sins. God has given you a new life. But the natural response is, Lord, thank you. Hindi lang yung grateful ka to the Lord, but you want to give something for the Lord because you're blessed. Look at in the Old Testament, even Jacob, when he was, he was telling God, Lord, I'll make a vow. If God will be with me and will keep me on this journey that I take, I will give uh, me and give me food to eat and garments to wear, and then I'll be able to return to my father's house in safety. Then the Lord will be my God. And then not just that, verse 22. This stone which I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all that you give me, wala pang tithing during this time, huh? there's no tithing yet. It's not instituted yet. What the, the, the things that you've given me, I will surely give you. Oh, why? It's already a culture. Even in the Old Testament, up until today, look at in the book of Exodus, everyone whose heart steered him and everyone whose spirit moved him came and brought the Lord's contribution for the work of the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the holy garments. Because you're inspired. Because you're blessed by God. It's a natural response if you understand the grace of God in your life. It's going to be normal. I want to give because God has blessed me. That's why in Matthew chapter 6, let's read this together. Do not store up for yourself what? Treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And verse 21, for where? There. It shows what's really center in our hearts. On how, when we use our money, it will show what is really in our hearts. I've seen that many times. How you use your money reflect what's really important for you. If family is important, you're going to spend a lot of money for your family. If your selfish desires are more important than family, you're going to use more money for your selfish desire for your, for your selfish desire than for your family. If God's work is important, you're also going to use your money to serve. Maybe not everything because God wants you to take care of your family and your personal needs, but you're going to use your money also to bless others and also for the work of the Lord. And look at the effect if our hearts are not aligned to God. Malachi chapter 3. Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. And the people were saying, how are we robbing you, Lord? You are robbing me in tithes and offerings. God has gifted you already. Blessed you with a good business. Blessed you with all of your needs. And look at the effect if we don't give to the Lord. You are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me the whole nation of you. And look at the promise if we give. Let's read the next verse. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me. Have you ever seen God say to the people, test me only once in this chapter? In Malachi chapter 3, he said, test me in this. Subukan nyo ko. If you give 
to the work of the Lord. I will open for you the windows of heaven, pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. I'm not talking about prosperity preaching here. I'm not saying you're going to be a billionaire if you give your tithes. Because some people, after hearing this message, Nako, we bless pala ni Lord. Maglagay nga 100. Lord, da malaki to. It times 1,000 mo naman. That's not the blessing that God is going to give to you. Sometimes He can give that, but that's not what it means. Sometimes the blessing is you're going to have good health. Can you buy good health? I don't think so. A lot of people with a lot of money, they're struggling with their health. So it means you cannot buy good health. You cannot buy long life. Can you buy wonderful relationship with your family? I don't think so. Maybe you can use money to have a good relationship or try to have a good relationship with your family. But for them to love you intimately and your husband and wife relationship will be stronger, I don't think money is enough for that to happen. But God can make that happen. Right? Can you buy like success? Maybe you can do something to be successful, but to really be experience successful and fulfillment in life. Because a lot of people are successful in their business and their work, but they're still not fulfilled. You can't buy fulfillment, but God can give that. Those are the examples of blessings that God can give to you. Look at Luke chapter 6. Give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together. In other words, alam mo yung pag may sinisiksik ka? That's the description. Let's say may nilalagay ka sa isang lalagyanan or let's say sa bag mo, sobrang puno-puno na, but you're gonna put it there, you're gonna shake it until there's enough space and put even more. That's the description here. Poured into your lap a good measure, pressing it down to fit more, shake it together until there's small spaces that I can put more. Running over, it's overflowing. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. I remember me and my wife, we had the ministry trip. And of course, in that ministry trip, we, had to, we have expenses for that. So we already have, the, the flight was already covered, but we needed funds for, of course, for the personal expenses in that trip. So we were praying. It was still months after the, the trip. So we decided to book the flight already by faith. But we don't have enough money for the personal expenses that we will have in that trip. So sabi ko sa wife ko, let's, just, let's step in faith. Let's buy the plane ticket. Let's book already because this is going to be a ministry trip. Okay naman to. It's going to be for the Lord. So let's see how God will provide. But during that waiting season, I'll be honest with you because me and my wife, we are supporting campus missionaries. And again, I encourage you to support campus missionaries. But I was tempted to stop for a while. Sorry, mga CFs. I'll be honest with you. Nasa elevate stop for a while supporting missionaries. I was tempted to stop because sabi ko, may expenses kami dito. In the next few months, we'll have this trip. It's a ministry trip. Baka pwede naman wag magbigay sa missionary. Dito na lang. But then God was, has, was convicting me through my wife. Kasi my wife, sobrang generous yan. Ako opposite. Hindi ako ganun ka-generous, okay? So sa, iyo, sa kanya kayo lumapit kung gusto yung magpalibre. But sobrang generous talaga niya. So she said na, no, let's continue giving to our campus missionaries. So sabi ko, okay. I didn't say no, but I was having a hard time. Because I needed, you know, we needed to save up for our personal expenses for that trip. Or else, wala, wala talaga kami enough funds. But guess what? A month... After, uh, before the trip, a month before the trip, somebody gave us an amount that is exactly what we need. I'm not kidding, ah. Exactly what we need for the personal expenses for that trip. Is God good? Is God amazing? No, that's a simple illustration lang. I could never forget that kasi parang, bakit sakto, Lord? Before, I haven't been experiencing that. Yung, yung ganyang ka-exact blessing. We hear stories like that. Like Pastor Bong share, shares a lot of stories like that. But I realized, totoo nga, we can never outgive God. So what's our message again together? Let's abound in God's work. God has blessed you. God has blessed your family. Imagine all our needs supplied for. During the pandemic, pinabayaan ka ba ni Lord? Hindi. During the pandemic, pinabayaan ba niya yung family mo? Hindi rin. So why not let's abound in God's work? What's our message again? Together, let's abound in God's work. How do we do that? We abound through giving abundantly. And second, we abound by loving abundantly. 
And that's what Paul was reminding the church in Corinth as he ended the letter. It's connected to John chapter 13 because Paul knew for the world to be impacted, the church needs to love one another. If the church is not loving each other, then it's so hard for people to believe what we believe. That's why he said, Jesus Christ said in, in chapter, John chapter 13, A new command I give you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And what's the result? All men will know that you are my disciples. They will know Jesus. They will know what we believe. Because it's a different kind of love. Look at this statement. The world needs to see what genuine love is in the way we spend time with one another, in the way we act, and in the words that we say to each other. If they see that it's totally different than the world, they'll be attracted to what we have. They need to see genuine love in the church. That's why, look at chapter 16. Look at how Paul was intentional. I will come to you after I go through Macedonia. Meaning to say, he's going to go to Macedonia, but he's going to go to Corinth first. For I'm going through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you. So he wants to stay with them. Or even spend the winter, so that you may send me on my way wherever I go. He goes around to different churches to spend time with these people. I do not wish to see you now just in passing. In other words, Ayoko yung napadaan lang, tas mabilisan. Right? Kasi that doesn't build relationship. I hope to remain with you for some time, if the Lord permits. But I will remain in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective service has opened to me. And there are many adversaries. Meaning to say, there are many ministry opportunities, but I want to spend time with you. But look at this, ha? Diba we've been going to 1 Corinthians. Diba in 1 Corinthians, in the church of Corinth, there are people there who doesn't like Paul. Right? There are people who maligned Paul, criticized Paul, and told the other Christians, don't follow Paul, hindi siya trustworthy. We just follow Apollos or follow Peter. We don't follow Paul. These people don't like Paul. Who among us, you'd love to spend time with people who don't like you? You know that these people don't like you and you still want to spend time with, him, with them? But look at Paul. I hope to remain with you. I want to spend time with you. Can you look at your seatmate? Do you want to spend time with me? The person does that these there are people who doesn't like Paul, but he still wants to be intentional by spending time with them. That's an amazing kind of love. Look at the next verse. Now, if Timothy comes. See to it that he is with you without cause to be afraid. I really believe the reason why Paul mentioned this because Timothy also knows how divisive sometimes the Christians in Corinth are. How critical they are. So Paul is saying, don't give him reasons to be afraid because he is doing the Lord's work. So I also am. And let no one despise him because people were, some of them were despising Paul. Don't show that to Timothy. Let's learn to support. Let's learn to love one another. Send him on his way in peace so that he may come to me for I expect him with the brethren. And then even Apollos, he mentioned, concerning Apollos our, in chapter 1, they were arguing, I am of Apollos. No, I am of Peter. I'm Cephas. I am of, of Christ. I am of Paul. And Paul is saying here, Huy, magkakampi kami. We're one team. We're not fighting here. Apollos, our brother, I encourage him greatly to come to you. Imagine even Paul are saying, let's go to Corinth. Let's minister to these people. And it was not at all his desire to come now, but eventually he's gonna come. You know, when the world sees how we love and build up one another, they will be attracted to Jesus. When the world sees how we resolve conflict, they'll be attracted to Jesus. Because here's what I notice in the world. The way they resolve conflict, ang gulo talaga. It's not resolved. It gets worse. And sometimes, they just leave the relationship. Stop the marriage. You know, just leave your kids. Just go abroad and do whatever you want. Sometimes, those are the advice. Because you love yourself. Just love yourself. You don't need to show love to these people. Just cut ties. Right? That's the, some of the advice in this world. Care relationship. Look at the family relationships in this world. A lot are broken. A lot are confused. A lot, they're not working together well. Why? 
because they don't know real love. That's why when the world sees how we love and build up one another, they will be attracted to Jesus. Look at Acts chapter 2. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Imagine that. That's fellowship. That's D-group on a daily basis. Hindi po tayo D-group on a daily basis, but D-group sila on a daily basis. And what happened? Praising God, having favor with all people. And look at the result. Let's read the last line. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who are being saved. Grabbing impact, no? Of course, they will be attracted because they see something different. My example, one best example that I have with this is in one of my disciples who is also a campus missionary in Elevate. His name is Osip Villarus, and together with his wife, and they're here, they have a lot of uh, members in their discipleship area, and together with, with his wife, they minister to students, to the college students in Elevate. So they minister to that. But what's amazing about their ministry, they, they, when they started doing the ministry, they decided to open their house and to conduct the D group there. So they open their house and they have D group weekly meetings. And it's not just D group and afterwards, tapos na. They have fellowship after. They eat together and then they enjoy each other's company. And then the, since they are campus missionaries, they visit their campuses. They support one another. Pag may graduation, they visit. Pag may special occasion, they visit. They hang out. Each one of them, they, they hang out with each other, go to bowlings, different activities. Because it's, a, it's, a, it's, it me, it's meant to be fun. D-group is not just, okay, I'm studying the Bible. No, it's a relationship. We are a, a, a spiritual family. And then they celebrate birthdays. I don't know kung lagi nagbabayad, but they celebrate birthdays, right? And guess what? Uh, because of that kind of relationship, the other friends of their disciples started get, getting attracted to this group because they saw the difference. They saw now there's something different about your group. I want to join. So they started joining and they started becoming part of a D group as well under their area. And in fact, one of their, some of their disciples... Because the rela their relationship is really solid, strong. Some of their disciples who lives in the province, but they're studying here in Metro Manila, in or the Ortigas area specifically, they decided to move an, uh, to rent an apartment nearby the house or the, uh, the apartment of Osep and Angela. Because they wanted to stay closer with them. Siguro nagpapalibre sila, Osep, no? But anyway, so they wanted to stay closer with this, with this group. They want to serve God kasi malayo yung apartment nila. So they decided to move the apartment closer to Osep and Angela so that they can serve together. And it grew the family, the relationship. They do campus ministry together. They help out each other. They even serve as ushers. Yung mga nakikita yung welcome people outside. They're part of that ministry. And they enjoy do doing that. And then they also join conferences, just like the MOVE conference. You know, in the area alone of Osip and Angela, they have 51 discipleship groups. Because their disciples are leading, and then the other disciples under their area, they're also leading. And more and more people are joining the community because they are experiencing the love of Christ. Why don't we applaud our God? That's the church that we want to implement here on earth. That's what God wants us to do. Because the reality is this. People are looking for a genuine loving community. And the church, though it's imperfect, is the best place to find it. I know there are videos going around in Instagram, in TikTok saying na, kaya wala na sa church eh. Kasi judgmental yung mga yan. Imperfect yung mga yan. Definitely, look at your seatmate. Imperfect yan. Right? Of course, you're gonna get disappointed in the church. If you expect that you go to a church that's perfect, yung church, wag ka nang mag church. Because there's no such thing. You're gonna get hurt, definitely. You're gonna get disappointed in the church because not, no one is perfect in the church. But that's not the reason why you leave the body of Christ. Because it's the only place, it's the best place where you can find genuine loving community why god created it he wants that his body to be the place the best place to find a genuine loving community what's my proof bad company 
corrupts good morals. That's why Paul is saying in chapter 15, you need to be surrounded by people who loves the Lord. It doesn't mean that you won't spend time with people who doesn't love the Lord, but you need to be with a group of people who loves the Lord. Why? Look at these reasons. With a good company, they will lead you closer to Jesus. With somebody who doesn't love Jesus, they will lead you farther away from Jesus. With a co good company who loves Jesus, they will help you become more like Jesus because they're going to talk about the Scripture. But those people who doesn't love Jesus, they're not going to help you. They're, they're going to you know, draw you away from Jesus. Maybe some of them will teach you good values, but it's still not enough because it doesn't talk about the Scripture. They will speak the truth in love. And here's what I realized. Some people leave the church because they got rebuked. Why will you leave the church if the, some of the members of the church pointed out what's wrong with you? That's love. If I am one ganon, then you're not going to grow. Right? If I am one with my tao telling you what's wrong with you, then you're not going to grow in character. You're not going to grow in the Lord. Because in the church, we rebuke one another in love. And I know, I know, some people, they rebuke harshly. Kaya sabi mo sa katabi mo, be gentle with me. Gawagaw sabi mo, be gentle when you rebuke. We're learning, okay? We're learning together. But it's, again, it's not an excuse not to be part of a church. Not to be part of a small group because in a bad company, I promise you, it's gonna tear you down. Maybe you enjoy what they're saying, but it's gonna tear you down. They will speak to you, but only what you want to hear, but not necessarily true. Right? They will speak to you, what you wanna hear, I gusto ko dito, but it's not gonna build you up. In a good company, it builds you up. Bad company, it tears you down. In a good company, they will care for you the way Christ cares for you. And that's the perfect kind of love. But in a bad company, they will care for you. I'm not saying they don't care, but it's a worldly love and it's incomplete. And they will lead you to the right convictions. But in a bad company, they will lead you to the wrong convictions. That's why I love Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Look at this. I've mentioned this many times. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove that the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. I know some of you, you're not part of a small group. And I don't know why. I don't think it's time that's preventing you to spend time with the body of Christ. We are made not just to attend church, but to be part of a community. And that's my challenge to you. If you want to abound in the work of God, it's not just that you give. You need to spend time with this body, with the church. Who among you, you're part of a small group? Can you raise your hand? You're part of a D group. Do you enjoy being part of a D group? Or nakakainis ba? <laughs> it's imperfect, right? Have you gotten disappointed by your small group leader? Definitely. Katabi pala nila small group leader. But how will you know? Listen to me here. Huh? How will you know if you, the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect? If His body will help you realize what genuine love is if you're not involved? Some of you are saying, Pastor Marty, I've been involved for, in a D group for, a, for, for quite some time or maybe a week lang. How will that change your perspective? A week ka lang part of a small group or one month lang or maybe three months lang. Try it for a year. Be active in a small group. Serve together. And be faithful attending. Hindi lang yung attend ka once a quarter. I think after the pandemic, some people, they don't attend regularly because of several reasons. I urge you, please, if you want to build the body of Christ and if you want to abound in God's work, we need to be part of a community. What's our message again? Together, let's abound in God's work. And then furthermore, look at what he said. Be on the alert. So final reminders of Paul. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Meaning to say, be mature. Not immature in your thinking. Be strong. And then verse 14. Let all that you do be done in love. And that's why if you have conflict in church with fellow believers, you have to do everything that you can to show love and solve that conflict. You have to do everything that you can to show love to one another, to forgive, to build relationship with one another. Because let all that you do be done in love. And then look at the next one. Look at his, rem his reminders. I urge you, brethren, you know, the household of Stephanas, you were the first fruits of Achaia, that they have devoted themselves for the ministry of the saints. So what's our response? Be in subjection to such men and to everyone who helps and in the work 
and labors. Mutual submission. It's a culture that he wants the church to practice. That's why in Ephesians chapter 5, this is what he's saying. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord. In verse 21, beside that together, be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Be subject to one another. Support each other. Submit to one another in brotherly love. And then look at the next one. In chapter 16, I rejoice over the coming of Stephanas, Fortunatus, Achaeus. A gagandang name, no? Pwede mo ipangalan anak mo dyan. Because they have supplied what was lacking on your part. Look at the support that they have. They have supplied what was lacking on your part. They have refreshed my spirit and yours. What do we do with these people? Acknowledge. In other translation, recognize them. Support. Honor them. That's the word acknowledge. Honor these people. And look at, the, look at Paul. In all his letters, this is how he ends. The church of Asia greets you. There's a greeting, right? Because we're one spiritual family. You know what I, what I appreciate about CCF? Wherever you go na my CCF, and they know that you're from CCF, the welcoming is so warm. Right? Are you from CCF? San ka? Ah, Samin. Ah, dito kami sa, let's say, pumunta ka ng Cavite, or pumunta ka, let's say, in other parts. Let's say, you go to Hong Kong, and they know you're from CCF. Ah, you go to our church. Minsan, lilibre ka pa. Nagkaroon kayo ng ano, na, ay, pumunta ako sa CCF, nalilibre nila ako. <laughs> but seriously, the, the community is there. When you go to different parts, they will greet you. They're happy. It's like, before, it's, di ba, pag may pinsan ka in other parts of the, of the world, you enjoy. And now, when you have fellow brethren in Christ, we're in different parts of the world, parang pinsan mo na rin. Because the fellowship happens when you're in the body of Christ. And look at this, all the brethren greet you, Greet one another with a holy kiss. Kaya holy kiss yan, there's no malice. And that, that's their greeting. Even today, there are countries na nagbebeso-beso. It's a holy kiss, okay? So pag may gusto kang girl, wag mong gamiting verse to. Okay? Pabeso naman, bakit? Holy kiss to, ha? So okay, ha? don't use this as a reason na beso yung crush nyo. Okay? And then, his ending letter, part of, part of his letter, the greeting is in my own hand. That's how he writes. It's from Paul. If anyone does not love the Lord, he is to be accursed. Maranatha, meaning to say, come Lord Jesus. And the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you in all. In Christ Jesus, amen. This is his desire for the church. That we love, we grow in love with one another. What's our message again? Together, let's abound in God's work. How do we do that? We give abundantly and we love abundantly. Now, I want you to watch this testimony. My father-in-law couldn't be here to share his testimony. He's not feeling well, medyo may ubo siya, but hopefully tomorrow he's available. But I asked him to share this. It was recorded earlier today uh, because I've heard this story many times. It's how CCF started, how Pastor Peter was very intentional with him, how Pastor Peter applied the principles of during the early church. And that's why I believe because of that, CCF grew and God blessed it. So let's watch the video of my father-in-law, Pastor Ito Desus. Hello everyone. My name is Pastor Ito Desus. I met my wife Kata when she was in fourth year high school and I was in first year college. We were teenage sweethearts. After five years, we, we got married and believed that we would have a happy and joyful marriage. But after 10 years, we were talking about separation. During our time of conflict, my wife was invited to a Bible study, which was held in someone's garage. I guess you could say that this is where CCF started. The teacher was a certain Peter Tanchi and it was his wife, Diona, who shared the gospel with my wife. As Kata continued going to Bible studies, I saw her change from a person who fought with me almost every day to someone calm and peaceful. I wanted that kind of peace that she had. So after a year, I finally went with my wife to Bible study. 
I committed my life to Jesus when I was 34 years old. It was in a noisy Chinese restaurant. It was Pastor Peter who shared about Jesus Christ with me. But back then, he was just called Peter. I closely observed Pastor Peter's life because I really wanted to learn how to be a good father and a good husband. I saw that he had a happy family, so I watched how he treated his wife, Diona, and how he taught, disciplined, and played with his children. Our families became good friends. We lived near each other, so Pastor Peter and Diana would often bike to our house and ask for water. Then they'd stay for merienda. Many times, they would invite our family to go swimming with them in Valley Golf or go to Baguio or spend birthdays and New Year's Eves together. Just our two families. Our children would play in each other's houses. The Tanchi children were cheerful and well-behaved. They loved sports. They were fun to be with and very appreciative. They were a good influence on our children. Eventually, we became Ninongs and Ninangs to Joy and Edric, then Paul and Jenny when they got married. Peter and Diona would talk to us casually about marriage, finances, parenting, and business. They shared personal experiences and biblical principles. It was very interesting. We didn't know that they were already discipling us. On Wednesdays, we would go to Pastor Peter's Bible class in AIM. On Fridays, we'd have our small group Bible study in his house and ours. We traveled together with other CCF friends. Our marriages, families, and business continued to improve. Then suddenly, without warning, Pastor Peter and I became classmates in the tragedy of our lives. In 1991, around 10 robbers entered our house, tied us up, and stole a big amount from us. By God's grace, no one was seriously hurt. But one year later, another group of robbers entered the Tanchi home. It was a time of great sadness for both our families. We had to apply what we learned from the Bible to keep believing that God loves us and wants only the best for us. After the Edsa revolution, because of politics, I had to close down my business. I was surprised when Pastor Peter offered me an executive position in his company. He taught me how to do mass housing and real estate development. As a friend and brother in Christ, I knew I had to work hard for him. So, for example, when there are problems with homeowners, I would go to Cavite at 4 o'clock in the morning or very late in the evening to meet with the residents to show them the company's concern. After seven years, I moved to Ayala land where I was offered an executive position. With what Pastor Peter taught me, the Lord allowed my division to attain a record-breaking sale of 680 houses and lots in just a few months. I was able to recommend Pastor Peter's company to do a big mass housing project for Ayala. Some of his staff thanked me for saving their jobs because there was a housing crisis at that time. Around 2003, my fellow elders in CCF 
encouraged me to become a full-time executive pastor under Pastor Peter and later to oversee the national church planting. So with other church workers, we set up satellite churches such as CCF East and manage other satellites in Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao. It was a very exciting time for all of us. However, in 2006, while preaching, I suffered a stroke and had to rest for some time. In one of our trips to the U.S., my wife and I saw several welcome centers in the churches we visited. So Pastor Peter allowed me to set up the very first welcome center in CCF assisted by some of our D12 leaders. Pastor Peter allowed me to head the CCF East satellites and to conduct yearly Holy Week retreats. Using the seed money from our retreats, our D12 planted CCF Antipolo. Then with other pastors, we planted CCF Eastwood and CCF Katipuna. I praise God that even after my stroke, the strong support of Pastor Peter allowed me to be fruitful. Lastly, another amazing thing happened. Pastor Peter asked me to head Uplift Cares Global Movement. Uplift provides Christian discipleship and academic scholarship to out-of-school youth and adults. By God's grace and the support of every generous donors, Uplift has graduated more than 3,000 out-of-school youth and adults from high school through the alternative learning system. For many years, Uplift has been one of the highest passing rates nationwide. Today, Uplift supports 175 students from senior high to college. Praise God. Pastor Peter will be 74 this December. I'm 72. Over the last 37 years, I have seen him grow to be a humble servant leader of the Lord. When he makes a mistake, he asks for forgiveness. When we, as the early elders of CCF, would disagree with him, he accepted our decision. When he does something right, he gives the credit to God. He is intentional and disciplined with his time, money, and abilities. He is a natural leader. My wife and I are grateful to Pastor Peter and Diona for being a big part of our journey to becoming workers for the Lord. Our prayer for them is that when they meet the Lord Jesus, He will say, Well done good and faithful servant. Enter the joy of your master. My prayer for all of us is that we will finish well, just like the last words of the Apostle Paul. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Most of all, Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the privilege of serving you for most of my life. My name is Pastor Ito De Jesus. And to God, I give all the glory and the praise. You know, the reason why I wanted him to share when this message was assigned to me is because when he, when they were sharing that story, how CCF started and they were part of that, I saw an Acts chapter 2 church happening in our time. 
of course, it started in 1984. And until now, our leadership, they're modeling this. This is my spiritual family here in CCF, our Elevate full-time workers. We have over 250 workers nationwide. And my prayer is that we will all evangelize just like our leaders. That how they model evangelism, Pastor Peter, the other elders, we will follow that. My prayer is that we will also disciple like them. The intentionality, the never giving up, being steadfast. That we will love others just like how they did it. How they are continually doing that. The support, as you have seen and heard in that story. And that God willing, all of us also, the young leader of CCF and all of us will finish well just like our leaders are on their way to finish well. You know, as I end, we are yet to see the amazing impact we will have in this world if we all as one body of Christ choose to love one another just like Jesus. And that's my prayer for all of us. That's what 1 Corinthians is all about. Together, let's abound in, in God's work. Now, we're going to do something special here tonight as we sing our response song. I want you all to stand up. And as we sing this song, we tweak the lyrics a little bit and call them the worship team. I want you to put your hand on the shoulder of your seatmate. Or if you know them, you can, you know, pwede silang akbayan. And we're going to sing this song. I love this song. I think this is the song of the Christian community this 2023. But God has been so faithful to this church. And I want us to continually be faithful to Him. So why don't we sing this song? So again, let's put, put your hands on the shoulders of your, of your seatmate. And let's sing this song together. We love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails us all our days. We've been held in your hands From the moment that we wake up Until we lay our heads Oh, we will see Of the goodness of God All our lives you have been
Father God, thank you so much because all our lives, you have been faithful. You've been faithful to this church. You've been faithful to this movement, to the, our leaders, and to all of us who are here. Thank you. And dear God, I pray as a response to your amazing grace that we will abound in your work, that we will keep on doing what you want us to do, building your kingdom here on earth so that more people will be part of your family, more people will truly experience genuine love, amazing grace coming from you. I pray, Lord, that you would help all of us be faithful till the end, that all of us will love like you, share the good news to people, be intentional, disciple. And maybe some of us who are here are not yet part of a small group. I pray, Lord God, that you'll move us to join and truly be part of a community and experience your goodness in your body. We love you, we honor you, and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. We'd love to stay connected with you, so make sure to subscribe to our podcast or join an Elevate group through chatting with us. See you at our next podcast.